0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie, trivia, and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page. Leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, it is February. It is Hugh Hughes-a-palooza. We are celebrating the films of John Hughes in the month of his birth. And this week, I'm happy to be joined once again by my lovely, talented, and exceptional wife, Sue. Why, thanks, honey. (laughs) And um, we're going to talk about a movie by John Hughes that is maybe a little forgotten by some people. How could they forget this one?
1: This is one of my favorites.
0: It's an awesome movie. For my money, the best John Candy movie ever.
1: Yes, yes, I agree.
0: Of course, we are talking about Uncle Buck, written and directed by John Hughes, released August 16th, 1989. John Candy is your star, Macaulay Culkin in, I think, his first on-screen appearance, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Jean Louisa Kelly, who went on to star in Mr. Holland's Opus and also on TV's Yes Dear on the CBS network, Gabby Hoffman and Amy Madigan and Laurie Metcalf. Gabby Hoffman, interestingly, played Amy Madigan's daughter in another movie that we talked about on the podcast. That's
1: right. Field of Dreams.
0: That's right. Actually, I talked about it myself. Aw. I know. It was, it was sad when I was doing no these by myself. No The first three episodes. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, the thing with
1: Thanks. I'm sorry it's been a while, but the commute was really getting to
0: me. <laughs> Very funny.
1: <laughs> John Hughes liked to work with people over and over again if he liked working with them. And I think wasn't John Candy his number one guy wasn't he in like seven John Hughes films seven I think that's what I read
0: well, let me think about this a minute Uncle Buck home alone planes trains and automobiles
1: a uh, great outdoors
0: great outdoors um National Lampoons vacation yeah and wow. then there
1: were a couple more like after this that I don't remember oh
0: okay yeah I mean but he I might have had I read small seven roles times. Some yeah that's amazing yeah I, I forgot he was in all those John mm-hmm. Hughes movies yeah I mean John Candy just Owns this movie. Oh, yes. The funny thing is Danny DeVito was considered for the role of Uncle Buck originally.
1: Which, you know, I could kind of see, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it would have that same Midwestern feel.
0: Right. Because Danny DeVito, to me, is so Jersey. Oh, totally Jersey. You know. And, you know, he's got a a different kind of snarkiness to him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, John Goodman was also considered for the role. Huh. The interesting thing was that John Goodman ended up playing Fred Flintstone in The Flintstones, and that's the role that John Candy was also up for because the Flintstones was like his favorite cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And Goodman, of course, worked with Laurie Metcalf on Roseanne. So all these, right. all oh these gosh, connections, it's, it's kind of crazy, it's a right? small world. Yeah. So this movie, though, John Hughes, I think, had, he had a lot of great movies. You know, we're going to cover four of them this month. But he, to me, had two different categories of movies. Mm-hmm. He had movies that were centered around teens. Right, right. And then he had kind of family films. Right. He was great at both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so this definitely falls into the family category.
1: Right. Well, you know, I, I was reading some reviews of the movie when it came out. A lot of the people writing and even general, you know, feeling is that it kind of straddles teen and family. And this was the first movie that kind of did that for him. Well, that's a good point. Actually, that he had done a whole bunch of teen movies, and then he did this one, and he brought you know the family feel into it, mm-hmm. and he enjoyed working with the younger kids so much that that inspired him to go on to do Home Alone and movies with young, even younger casts than teenagers.
0: Yeah, there was um, a specific scene in Uncle Buck that kind of inspired him to write Home Alone. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah, isn't that the one where Macaulay Culkin is grilling Shanice through the mail slot?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is very funny,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I always thought it was so funny that at one point he flips open the thing, and instead of seeing her, doesn't he see two bad guys?
0: There's like three bad guys uh, oh, lined okay. up, and I and I don't know who they're supposed to be. I Me mean, neither. It's one of those things that when you first see it in the movie theater. You go, wow, what was that? And then it's, it's gone. Yeah. And then when it's on video, you pause it and you're trying to figure out who they're supposed to right. be. They could have been anybody, really. Right.
1: But it definitely inspired. That was the scene that inspired um, John Hughes to go ahead and make Home Alone, feeling that Macaulay Culkin would be very good in it.
0: Yeah, he was. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. he was great in this. I remember yeah. the first time I saw this in the theater. Thinking, wow, this kid's gonna be a star. Yeah. You know, he just was amazing in this.
1: Yeah. I mean, right from the beginning when he's, you know, talking about the neighbor's dog and all mm-hmm. oh, he's a ball sniffer. You know, don't don't say that. What's another <laughs> word for balls?
0: Nuts. Nuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I love when um he's doing the dishes.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's
1: doing and he's standing like on a stool and doing the dishes in the soapy water and the phone rings. And it's like, Can somebody get that?
0: Yeah, he's like all like uh <laughs> Uncle Buck's got me earning my keep. Yeah. Busting my hump. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So funny. <laughs> I forgot there's one other connection, too, in this movie. One of Maisie's classmates. Maisie's mm-hmm. the little girl Gabby Hoffman plays. Mm-hmm. Blinkin', you miss her pretty much because she doesn't have a speaking part. But Anna Klumsky in her first m- movie role is one of um, Maisie's classmates. And then she, of course, went on to star with Macaulay Culkin in My Girl a couple of years later. Uh-huh. With Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Who was in the great outdoors with John Candy.
1: Mind blown.
0: Oh my. So many quotable things in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're gonna go all over the place probably probably. You know, yeah. we're not gonna go chronologically, but one of the things that comes to mind right off the bat, of course, is when he goes to uh, Maisie's school mm. to talk to the vice principal. Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. <laughs> that woman is horrible. Ugh. Horrible.
0: <laughs> She's got that growth on her face. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like <laughs> Like, I'm Buck Russell. <laughs> Molly's wart. wart. Right. Uh, I mean, uncle. I mean, <laughs> Buck Melanoma. <laughs> She's criticizing this little girl. Yeah, you for know. being
1: a silly heart.
0: Yeah, and for not taking her uh, academic career seriously. Yeah. And he goes, She's six.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he says, You know, I wouldn't want to know a six year old who yeah. isn't a silly heart, right. who takes their academic career seriously. <laughs> but apparently, to go downtown and have a rat. Gnaw the mole off your face, it mm. only costs a
0: quarter. Yeah, that's a good deal, right? That's a
1: great deal. It's
0: probably a lot uh, cheaper than going to have like laser surgery or something.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's good day, madam. <laughs> classic. And you know, it's funny because the music in this movie is very dated now. Yeah, but, but it's back fun. when this movie came out, you know, Wild Thing, which is the song that's mm-hmm, playing when mm-hmm. he's walking through the school and he goes into the boys' room with the little <laughs> urinals. <laughs> so funny. But then it, when he's at the party later on, Bust the Move is playing. Uh, in the okay, party. yeah, yeah. You know, when he walks in and the guy, the kid steals his hat and the uh-huh. whole thing. A couple of interesting things, um, Bust a Move and Wild Thing were both written by Young MC. Young MC is the guy who performs Bust a Move. Wild Thing is Tone Loke. An interesting fact about Bust a Move, the bass player on that track is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Stop it. Yeah. So there's a little fun fact for you.
1: Very cool. If you didn't know that. I love how at the party, he thinks he's going to rescue her. Mm-hmm. You see him wandering through the crowd and he's got the cigar, but then a minute into it, he's got a beer. <laughs> of course. At some point, he stopped and he got a drink. Well, he's trying to fit in.
0: <laughs> he's trying to fit in, right?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> so Uncle Buck filmed January to March of 1989, estimated budget of $15 million, domestic gross of $66.7 million, made $79.2 million worldwide. Pretty respectable for a, a nice little family comedy. Yeah, yeah. Another great scene in the movie is when the little kids come downstairs when they wake up, <laughs> and the first time they meet Uncle Bob. Right,
1: right. <laughs> at breakfast time.
0: Yeah, at breakfast He's time. He's
1: cooking our garbage. <laughs> he put onions in the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's unheard so of. So funny.
0: But there's the scene where Miles, played by Macaulay Culkin, does a little interrogation of Uncle Bob. Oh Buck. my gosh! I'm not yep. going to do the whole scene, but it's you know like, where do you live? In the city? You have a house, apartment, owner, rent, rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. That whole thing. So <laughs> and he asks
1: some. He um doesn't he say what's your longest <laughs> string of questions ever asked? Thirty-eight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he says to him, "You have more nose hair than my dad." Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I'm a kid. That's my job. But that whole scene. John Candy actually wrote out the script and wore it on his head for the uh, the shots that were a close-up of Macaulay okay. Culkin, so he could say the lines faster oh, yeah. and keep the pace of the scene moving really quickly. Yeah, that's a lot to remember. Yeah, which is great. I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a good idea. So one night during filming, John Candy went to a bar locally and spent most of the night there meeting people. The next day, John Hughes heard a caller on a radio talk <laughs> show describe his evening with John Candy. Oh, my... Hughes got a little upset with John Candy because even though Candy said that Buck was supposed to appear disheveled, Hughes thought that, you know, he looked a little too worse for wear (laughs) (laughs) when he came in the next day. He told him, you know, go sleep, go, you know, get some rest. We'll film something else for now. Oh, man. But apparently John Candy was really fun to hang out with. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's a real sweetheart. Yeah. Real sweetheart. There was an interview I read with Gabby Hoffman. That said, you know, she just loved working with him. The more time they spent together, the more they she just loved, loved, loved him. She said she spent more time with him than she did with John Hughes. <laughs> Between takes, you know, she and Macaulay Culkin are playing video games and then she'd hang out with John Candy. I mean, how fun is that?
0: Yeah, that's that's probably a pretty cool movie experience when mm-hmm. you're a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. Apparently John Candy was really like that. Because there was an interview with his daughter, Jennifer. She said he was a lot like a lot of the characters he played, but he was definitely most like Uncle Buck. Okay. That he was very gregarious, but he was a family man. That's cool. You know, and she said they had a a lot of fun. And um, he was serious. He was stern. It it was tough love, but he knew how to have a good time. Yeah. You know, and you can see that coming through, you know, in the movie, too. (laughs) And she said in their downtime as a family he had records and they would dance in the living room. And, it's, and she said he'd love to dance. Oh, my God. So that made me think of the scene with Laurie Metcalf where oh, she, you know, she's like, come on, let's dance. Oh, no, no, no. All right, just one, you know. And she pulls him up and he's doing that crazy dance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, kind of swaying her back and forth yeah. like bonk heads. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the, the camera you see her coming in going out. Yeah. Coming in going out.
0: <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. When you see a, a bigger comedian doing physical humor mm-hmm. it's usually enhanced it's usually funnier
1: yeah yeah for some
0: reason john belushi was the same mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. he wasn't as big as john candy right. chris farley comes to yeah. mind yep. those guys and they were all great at physical comedy mm-hmm. there's a couple of gags in this movie the bonking of the heads with laurie metcalf right. of course the, there's a scene where buck is getting all of his stuff together because he's gonna go watch the kids <gasps> oh so my he's gosh, in the, the closet, closet. Yeah. i love that and he pulls something and like everything falls on oh, top of him. Classic. And you go, oh, poor guy, he's buried under all that. And then you wait for it. Bonk. The bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so <laughs> great. Awesome.
0: One other thing, too, when uh, he's trying to listen in on the conversation between Tia and Shanice. Yes,
1: the the swinging door yeah. between the dining room and the kitchen. Yeah.
0: And he gets, and he gets bonked yeah, and, and, and thrown flat back. out
1: on the floor. Awesome.
0: <laughs> and you hear the birds chirping. Yep. <laughs> John Hughes was uh, was very good at, at making the most out of the physical comedy, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very funny.
1: Yep.
0: Can we talk about Shanice? Yeah, let's talk about Shanice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shanice, what's her last name? Like, Kovaloski or something? Shanice
0: Kovaloski. Kovaloski. Yeah.
1: Nice, Polish girl.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. John Candy in this movie, you know, Uncle Buck, he has a very interesting group of people that he socializes yeah. with. Yeah. You know, yeah. Shanice... Who owns the tire shop? And, and, and this is not judgmental when I right, say this. It's right. just you know, yeah, very blue collar, very yep, real. Yep, she's
1: not exactly a girly girl.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then his friend Raj at the bowling at the alley. bowling Alley. Oh, and that mullet. skeevy
1: guy at the bowling alley. Oh, pal, pal.
0: Yeah, with the toothpick.
1: Oh, oh, and then it gets <laughs> stuck he's in a, his lip. Oh my gosh. Okay,
0: he's. I don't think he's a friend of Buck's though. He seems like a guy that has has had a run in with Buck more than once.
1: Yeah, they know each other somehow.
0: Yeah. In fact. Because when, when he sees him, he, yeah. he gets, you know, big eyed, you know, oh, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's like afraid. And, you know, he has that black eye and you wonder if maybe Buck gave him the black eye. Uh, I wonder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He could do it. Yeah. But why know, not? It,
1: he punches the clown full on in the nose. Oh,
0: please. That Makes clown. Love that clown. <laughs> and that clown, by the way, and I didn't realize this until uh, looking up um, information about this movie, was played by Mike Starr, one of the all time great character guys. You go, oh, I've seen him before. Yeah. I've seen him in a million things. Yeah. The thing that you'll probably remember him the most for is he's the bad guy in Dumb and Dumber that is trying to kill Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. Oh,
1: and he eats like the hot sauce or hot peppers or something, right? Yeah, he eats the hot
0: peppers and then they end up giving him the rat poison by accident.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. He's almost unrecognizable because he's got the white face and the the nose and like the bald thing. Yeah, he's
0: totally, you know, made up like a clown. Like I really had
1: to think about it when you said, hey, oh, that's the guy from Dumb and Dumber. I was like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's such a funny scene. You know, he's a clown coming from a bachelorette party.
1: Yeah. What kind of party is that? That's that's some bachelorette party.
0: Need any dildo jokes? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) But meanwhile, back to Shanice. Okay,
0: sorry about that. (laughs)
1: The thing I love about them is they're like the way that they argue. You can tell that they love each other. You yes. know, like they're always fighting. They're always bickering. They have a conversation on the telephone and it's only him. You only see him on the phone. And he's like, yeah, but is <laughs> it the best? And then the second time on the phone. I wonder if
0: that was scripted. I wonder. I bet that was improvised.
1: I might have. Been. That it had to be so funny
0: because he come, you know, John Candy comes from SCTV. SCTV yeah, so, you know. Yeah. Then the
1: second time you see their phone interaction is him leaving her the message. I miss you. And, you know, <laughs> I miss your dimples. And what were their names? And
0: Lyndon and Johnson. Lyndon
1: and Johnson. And your breasts were um, Mickey and Minnie. And then Felix is the name of
0: your... <laughs> 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 That's another thing, uh, kind of a, a reoccurring thing in John Hughes movies. He did it in Ferris Bueller, too, with the nurse, you know... I heard that you were feeling ill, headache, oh, fever, you know, yeah, and then yeah, instead yeah. of saying fuck, right. they, you know, slammed the door. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I miss John Hughes. I, I His movies were, were so much fun and they... They really stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. It's really sad when you think about these two icons, you know, John Candy and John Hughes, both died pretty young. I mean, John Candy was 43 when he died. You forget. Yeah. And it's been uh, 22 years. Wow. Uh, Next month is actually going to be the anniversary of his death. John Hughes was 59 when he died. Right. So, yeah. I mean, both too young and, mm-hmm. and it's really a shame because, you know, I'm sure that they, they would have come up with more yeah, great I projects, mm-hmm. you know. You were telling me that you read a little bit about John Hughes too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, neither John Candy nor John Hughes like to be interviewed much. Okay. So, you know, if you go to look for interviews with them, you're really not going to find that many. Mm -hmm. But you will see other people talking about them. And then, you know, if you go digging, you might find some good stuff. So Mm -hmm. at one point, John Hughes was interviewed by MTV. He actually did say that he originally wanted to work with teen actors because he figured the younger the actor, the better the chance that they wouldn't question his abilities.
0: Oh, that's uh... (laughs) a... That's very interesting. Because, yeah. you know, he started out predominantly as a writer. Okay. All right. He wrote more films than he directed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and everyone has a directorial debut. If you're going to be a director, you're mm-hmm. going to start, you have to start somewhere. Right. And you have to go in with the attitude of like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to make it work and you're going to listen and blah, blah, blah. But he said, I started making team films because if I was going to direct, I wanted to make sure I didn't have an actor saying to me, you have no idea what you're doing because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So I figured, well, maybe if they're like 15, they won't ask me that question. Or at least I could say to them, well, do you know what you're doing? And they wouldn't know either. It's just all coincidental.
0: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a, that's a great strategy. Yeah. And it's funny because we don't know what goes on behind the scenes on the set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, when we see the finished film, a lot has gone into that. Right, you know, they, right. they've shot multiple takes. They've done a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. All that. All so sound
1: and yeah, you know, all,
0: scoring or music, you know. All kinds of stuff. To create, you know. John Hughes was very hands-on with the musical choices in yeah, his movies. Yeah, You know, because he was very in tune with that, no pun intended. Yeah. He yeah. really, he no, I mean, he really, I think he tried to keep his finger on the pulse of what was popular music-wise yeah. at the time. And, and that kind of came through in the movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why when you watch the movies now, maybe they feel dated in terms of, you know, the music. But at the same time, I like that. Yeah. Because it, it brings you back. Right. That's what I love about John Hughes' movies. And, and I talked about this with Monique during the Ferris Bueller podcast. You watch these movies and they just transport you back to when you first saw them when you were a teenager. Right. If you're our age.
1: <laughs> and, um,
0: you know, it, it's great. It's great to be able to do that. And that's the thing. He's gone but he kind of lives forever with these movies. Like any great director or writer mm-hmm. or actor mm-hmm. you can always go back. It's like you're connected to it.
1: Yeah, that's the great thing about working in film is you've made a product mm-hmm. that will last forever. Right. You could do the same thing in theater <laughs> and after closing night unless it's recorded somewhere, you know, it's gone yeah. again. It's a memory.
0: One of the other things with John Hughes movies that I'm sure we'll talk about in all of the podcasts this month, of course, is, is the location of, of where they take place. Right. They're, I think, pretty much all set in at one point or another in Chicago right. in the, or in the Chicago area because mm-hmm. that's where he's from. But there's some interesting things about Uncle Buck. First off, uh, almost every set was built in a local high school gymnasium, including the two-story Russell House. So you look at that house and you're thinking, wow, what a beautiful house uh, the Russells have. Yeah,
1: all that gorgeous wallpaper and woodwork. Yeah, all the, and... all the
0: plates, the piano, yeah. the, all the <laughs> furniture, all sets built in a high school gymnasium. That's amazing yeah. to me. yep, yep. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Originally, though, this was intended to be shot in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Since the film was set in the winter... And at the time, St. Louis was unseasonably warm. Damn weather not cooperating. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Uh, they made the decision to move the shoot to uh, Chicago. Bug. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What's his last name? Spray. <laughs> Ever hear of a ritual killing? <laughs> you gnaw on her face in public like that again, you're going to be one. No. <laughs> great line. So great. Yeah.
1: And um, when he says, I've been known to circumcise a gnat. Wait, gnat? Bug. <laughs>
0: the hatchet Bug
1: man I can yeah. hear I can hear my mother's voice yep. saying see boys only want one thing
0: <laughs> we first meet Bug when uh, you know with the car with Buck's car oh my gosh yep which uh, he calls the beast the beast
1: minus the shocks
0: yeah definitely He's that thing's bouncing up and down an awful lot in the movie <laughs> So they use the sound of a firecracker and a gunshot to create the backfire sound effect. Cool. I mean, the car is a character in itself. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because you can find little things about the car if you keep watching the movie enough yeah, times. Yeah. Like the CB, for example. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah.
0: The big CB antenna. Mm-hmm. He's got the little thing on the steering wheel that you can steer with one hand so you can put your arm around your honey.
1: <laughs> oh, bench seats, right?
0: Yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that thing's old school. Big oh, time. yeah, yeah. And then I one thing I noticed this last time we watched it, on the dashboard... He had the box of Sensen, sen, which was kind of an old time breath freshener thing. Oh, man. Uh, it's like licorice.
1: Wow. So the, that on top of his cigar
0: breath. <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> Remember, he, he gave up cigarettes. it's five year plan. Yeah, now he's on cigars. Yeah, that's right. Then it's going to be pipes. Yeah. Then chewing tobacco. That's right. Then nicotine gum. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll quit. He's
1: got it all worked out.
0: Yeah, he's got it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they made an Uncle Buck TV series, too? Yeah.
1: How far did that get, though?
0: They made it in 1990 with comedian Kevin Meany. It lasted one season. And apparently they didn't learn their lesson because there's a new TV series based on the movie that's in the works, too. That's supposed to debut sometime this year. Okay. Comedian Mike Epps plays the title role. Who knows? Maybe it'll catch on again.
1: Yeah, you never know. Everything
0: old is new again, right? (laughs) It seems like they're rebooting everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they'll update or if they'll keep it 80s. I can only imagine they would update it, update
0: it. I'm sure, yeah. It's probably going to be like everything we saw but modern day. Yeah. And so, you know, there'll be jokes about cell phones and things like that now where they couldn't do that back in 1989. See,
1: that's the thing about the 80s movies. What I like is, oh, yeah, she can't call because guess what? She doesn't have a phone on her. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, they didn't have that back then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Buck... What a great movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So much fun. It's one of those movies that I can watch over and over again, never get tired of. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's heartwarming. And John Candy.
1: John Candy. Absolutely my favorite thing about the movie and Macaulay Culkin second. Yeah. Gabby Hoffman, totally adorable too. Their reactions, the little kids' reactions to things going on. When Macaulay Culkin comes down and it's his birthday, and (laughs) Uncle Buck made the huge pancake and his eyes are just like, whoa!
0: (laughs) This is what separates the men from the boys when he's flipping the pancake (laughs) with the The shovel, shovel, the snow shovel. So
1: awesome. But you know what? I was never a big fan of the older daughter. And, you know, I know she's supposed to have the whole teenage angst thing. You know, my parents don't love me. They picked me up from my life and moved me here. Yeah. That was was a
0: normal reaction, probably.
1: But there was, I don't know what it was about her. The very first time I saw the movie, I just wanted to slug her. Well, yeah. She's that kind of character. Yeah.
0: By the time you get to the end of the movie, she redeems herself.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: she she realizes that all along Uncle Buck was right. And then she has that big moment uh, with her mom at the end, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the scene in the beginning where they're having the Chinese food for dinner, and she's like, oh, how do you do it? How do you... And the mother just takes it. Even as a kid watching that, I found that infuriating. Because you know what? I knew that would never fly with my mother. How does this happen? How did this girl get to the point where she can talk like that?
0: I think that things are always magnified in movies, things like that especially. She's written to be this horrible person in the beginning, over the top horrible, so that by the time we get to the end of the movie and she redeems herself, it's like a miracle.
1: I guess. I guess. But, you know, someone like me watching her, I don't care what happens to her in the movie. <laughs> you'd, I, you'd like to see her butt get kicked. At least <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. Someone needs to slap her. When I see her walking down that sidewalk by herself at the end, I'm like, good, you should walk home. <laughs> you know why? Because you're a bitch.
0: <laughs> wow. <Yikes. laughs> <laughs> Does she? Re- maybe she reminds you of, uh, of somebody that you went to school with or something, too. Like a mean girl that you had in, in school. No?
1: No. I just knew that she would never survive in my world. Yeah. Like if she were my sister?
0: <laughs> mm-mm. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at the kids in the movie. I'm looking at the two parents. I'm going, no fucking way. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Tia, Jean Louisa Kelly. Yeah. She was a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And she still looks pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously mm-hmm. just uh, like a 40-something-year-old version of what we see in the movie. Sure,
1: so does Macaulay Culkin. No, he's he not. definitely...
0: He did not age well, no. and uh, not surprisingly. That's
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah. It's, it's a shame that he didn't really have a career after uh, growing out of uh, cuteness.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you can't imagine that your acting ability would go away. I mean, you know, looks may change, but I would think that talents stay the same, right?
0: One of the things that was appealing about Macaulay Culkin... Was that he was a cute kid, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: yeah, the little man. You yeah, know? he
0: was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess once you know you grow up and you go through puberty and you become a young man and then eventually an older man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's in his thirties now, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe he's just kind of awkward. If you want to root for a comeback for anybody, there's a guy that that I wouldn't mind seeing have a you know some success as sure. an adult. Yeah. You know, because he kind of he had a little bit of a rough go as a kid too. I mean, he had the success. But there was all kinds of shit with his parents. Like, like that happens a lot with child yeah, stars. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they ripped him off totally. But there was definitely some sketchy stuff going on with his parents. Oh, so, boy. Oh,
1: boy. Like him and Gary Coleman, huh? No,
0: Gary Coleman got totally fucked by yeah, his parents. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Macaulay Culkin, I'm not sure if his parents stole from him. I think he tried to get emancipated from his parents. Yeah, yeah. At some point. And he got married really young. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, who knows?
1: Yeah, it's not always easy. Nope. Yeah.
0: The kid... Actors that grow up and become successful as adults are usually the ones that have a real stable home life.
1: They're not allowed to talk to their parents like some girls. Right. Yeah. The thing is, you know how I'm saying, you know, I just want to slap this girl.
0: (laughs) You're really stuck on that, aren't you?
1: Well, I think part of the appeal of the whole Uncle Buck character is he says to her stuff that should be said. Right. You know?
0: Right. You know, her
1: her parents won't do anything about her behavior, but he'll come in and say, like, you got to be kidding me,
0: Right. Well let's let's look at the parents. The dad seems like a real, you know, kind of milk toast sort of guy.
1: Yeah. I mean we only see him for like five minutes. Yeah, but, but, but like
0: even the way he um you know he talks to his wife, there's a dynamic in their relationship that seems very Yeah. He's kinda of like a wet noodle, yeah. you know? The difference is that maybe they don't know how to deal with these kind of things, but Buck doesn't give a shit. Exactly. He's like, Listen, I go about my business. Mm-hmm. And no little punk teenage girl yep. is going to ruffle my feathers. Yep. You're not going to get the best of me.
1: Yep. And then you know he drives her to school. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to pick her up. Right. And she's like, no, I'll get a ride home. He goes, no, you know, you're. I'll, I will pick you up at 4 o'clock. I promised right. that I will do that. And she goes, you know, no. Right. And he <laughs> says to her, listen, stand me up today. Tomorrow I'll drive you to school in my robe and pajamas and walk you to your first class. 4 <laughs> o'clock, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, that's stuff I would that's stuff I've said to Tommy
0: over the years. Like, yeah.
1: oh, I will hug and kiss you in front of your friends. Oh, right. don't you you know You know listen, how big your man. head was? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the movie's obviously written so that Uncle Buck becomes sort of the hero yeah. for everybody yeah. involved. Yeah. In the movie, the mother doesn't want to have Buck come watch the kids because she doesn't think very highly of him. Right. And that's right. an understatement.
1: Well, he does apologize for setting their bushes on fire. Right. Yeah. yeah so I had there's... no idea
0: it was gonna go up like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, there's been incidents in the past, apparently. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's, you know, Uncle Buck is a a lovable lug. He's sort of a mess. but Yeah, yeah. But it turns out that he's got his shit together the most out of everybody in the movie, Yeah, we learn. Yeah,
1: I mean, when he's in the car and he's going to go to the racetrack and he's got the two little kids in the back and you see him looking into the rearview mirror. Yeah. You know what's going through his head. Yeah. And then he makes the right choice. Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah, the movie's written so that this guy who seemingly is going to screw this up big time mm-hmm. comes out looking like a real champ. Yeah. I mean, he's turned everybody around to a good place yeah. and doesn't burn down the house yeah. and everything. Yeah, <laughs> He
1: even says to Shanice, so, you know, this family and kid thing is great. We should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they chase him. <laughs> it's great.
1: And the hat. I mean, come the on. Hat. The hat. My favorite quote... Is it the hat? A lot of people hate this hat. It angers a lot of people, just the sight of it. I'll tell you a story about that on the way to school. (laughs) Everyone should have an uncle like Uncle Buck.
0: Watch Uncle Buck again if you haven't in a while. You'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Well,
1: thank you for having me. And
0: I'll see you again next week, yes? All right. All righty then. (laughs) Excellent. So join us next week for another John Hughes film in Hughesapalooza for February. And thank you to our announcer, Kim, from kimsvoice.com. Remember, it's spelled K-Y-M-S-voice.com if you want to check it out. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can also check us out on the Wicked Radio Network, wickedradionetwork.com. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. And also check out the Screen Facts Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash Screen Facts. And please leave your comments or questions there.
1: Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit JasonDavisVoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.